Hello again, everybody, and thanks for all the messages that you've been sending. Welcome to the newest of my Streets of Birmingham podcasts. And we come on to what will be the penultimate episode of this series. But don't worry, I have plans to go on well beyond that. This time we are covering the letters V, W and X. And V is for Victoria Square. Now, having explained some time ago that the Bullring and Digbeth was originally the very centre of Birmingham, it would be fair to say that that centre has changed somewhat over the years. Uh, new developments like the International Convention Centre, Centenary Square, the National Indoor Arena, Bridley Place and all the nightlife on Broad Street have done a lot to shift the centre of gravity westwards. Yet that's been going on for a lot longer. As early as the 1930s, the Ministry of Transport chose to measure all distances from Birmingham, not from the Bullring or Digbeth, but from Victoria Square at the junction of New Street and Colmore Row. And apparently each city has one particular point like this. Uh, In the case of London, distances are all measured from Charing Cross, specifically from the statue of King Charles I at the northern end of Whitehall, where it becomes Trafalgar Square. And in Manchester, all distances are measured from St Anne's Church in St Anne's Square. But for Birmingham, even in the 1930s, the decision was taken to measure from Victoria Square, uh, which is quite odd. As, As late as the end of the 18th century, that was pretty much the very edge of developed Birmingham. Beyond there, it was country lanes like Pig Lane leading out to Edgbaston and so on. Uh, It was really the the limit of town, but things changed very, very much. I suppose helped by the building of the first canal in the 1760s, 1770s, as far as the the canal wharf just Suffolk Street and Broad Street and Holiday Street. So that began to move Birmingham's its focus a little bit. A bit like if you go to some other towns and cities, you can see an old centre and then something Victorian from when the railways came. I'm thinking particularly of Salisbury in Wiltshire for that, but there are many, many other examples. And in Birmingham's case, it was the canal that perhaps did that. Um, There had long been an open space. It's, It's never really been a square as such where New Street meets Colmore Row, but it only really developed as such in the 1870s with the building of Birmingham's Council House. For those of you from outside the area, I should tell you that in the Midlands and in Bristol, uh, the term Council House is used for what elsewhere would probably be called a town hall or a city hall or municipal buildings. But in the Midlands, these things are often called the House. Birmingham has one, Smedic has one, Nottingham has one, and so on and so forth. So this newly opened square in front of the Council House was known somewhat unoriginally as Council House Square until in 1901 a statue of Queen Victoria was erected there, as it happens only a very short time before the Queen passed away at her home on the Isle of Wight. And when the statue was placed there, it seemed appropriate to rename the square Victoria Square. And that is a name that has survived ever since. Uh, The statue that you see in Victoria Square today is a recasting of the original. It was recast in 1951 and was unveiled by 
the Queen when she was still Princess Elizabeth shortly before she ascended to the throne. Incidentally, Birmingham statue of Queen Victoria isn't actually a memorial to the Queen herself at all. It's actually a gift of Sir Henry Barber in memory of his father, William Henry Barber. And if that name seems familiar to any of you that know about Birmingham, Sir Henry Barber, the benefactor who gave the statue, is himself now commemorated with the Barber Institute of Fine Arts out at the university of which he was once a governor. Uh, the square at the time of the building of the statue of Queen Victoria was rather smaller than we see it now, though. It really consisted just of a, a traffic island around the actual statue. And the eastern half of what's now Victoria Square was occupied by a range of buildings, making a very elegant curve, actually, from Colmore Row into New Street, uh, which were colloquially known, not officially, but colloquially known as Galloway's Corner, after a chemist shop which occupied one of them, as at one time did the Birmingham Midland Tramways Joint Committee. Um, Galloway's Corner itself had replaced the earlier Christchurch, which stood there for almost all of the 19th century, but even in the 1890s was considered surplus to requirements. It was pulled down and the site sold. Architecturally, Birmingham benefited very considerably. The church used the money to build the magnificent Bidlake Design St Agatha's Church out on the Stratford Road in Sparkbrook. But to this day, just behind what was once Galloway's Corner, there is still a Christchurch passage and Christchurch steps as a reminder of what was once there. Christchurch's successor, Galloway's Corner, was itself demolished, as I said, in 1970 or thereabouts. I can just about remember it. I have a memory as a very young child of being taken down Colmore Road from the site of Snow Hill Station. and. Uh, coming round that corner into the square and seeing Birmingham's Christmas tree all lit up, not in multicoloured lights at that time, but all in, in white. Um, Galloway's Corner was pulled down in order to make Colmore Row a dual carriageway. That would have been, even by Birmingham standards, a fairly spectacular act of architectural folly. And mercifully, that didn't happen. But the loss of Galloway's Corner, which is an architectural loss, at least gave us this wonderful view of the council house which many many years later in the early 1990s was finally developed in the most appropriate way with the laying out of the new victoria square with its cascade of water and its gardens and its various pieces of sculpture so when you now walk New Street Station along New Street, as you get to the westernmost end of New Street, you get this really rather spectacular view of the council house and everything in front of it. Although at the moment we've we've had a bit of a, a period without that as the tramway extension works have been going on, but that's coming at the time that I speak to you now, towards the end of March 2020. Those works are coming to an end and we are getting slowly our lovely Victoria Square back. Um, today, Queen Victoria is joined by a, a sculpture called the Spirit of the River, which is known almost universally in Birmingham as the Floozy and the Jacuzzi, a name that was borrowed from a similar statue in Dublin. At one time, she was at the crowning glory at the top of a cascade of water. That's not been functioning for some time, but rather than leave it looking empty, unloved and forlorn, 
Birmingham's very, very skilled parks department have planted up the cascade with some really beautiful looking plants. So much as I hope the cascade is back in the not too distant future, it really does look very, very fine at the moment. Although the floozy and the jacuzzi doesn't make much sense at the moment. On either side, the floozy is flanked by two sphinx-like creatures, one male and one female. And there are obelisks and spheres, giant stone balls around there. All of this designed by an artist called Druva Mystery in the 1990s. Um, and at one time, uh, Queen Victoria was also joined by uh, Anthony Gormley's Iron Man, um, which is a, a great iron rusted figure coming out of the ground. Some of you might know in the northeast of England his sculpture, The Angel of the North. Well, um, we have the original. The, the Iron Man was sort of the inspiration, if you like, for the Angel of the North. So the Angel is rather splendid looking at standing next to the A1. But if you want to come and see its inspiration, uh, come to Birmingham, but not at the moment because he's actually been temporarily moved. He's in the way of the tramway extension works, but we're told he is coming back. And long may he, uh, long may he continue then to decorate the corner of the square. At one time, there were other statues. Queen Victoria used to be accompanied on the very top uh, point of the square by a statue of her eldest son, the Prince of Wales, later King Edward VII. Um, when Victoria Square became the part of Britain's first ever large-scale one-way system in 1933, it was very confusing to motorists because traffic actually went around the square in a clockwise direction. Uh, that went against the general flow of what you would expect across there. And I think Birmingham's reputation, which it has never quite shaken off, of being a difficult place to drive through, comes from this sort of folk memory of Birmingham having this first ever city centre major one-way system in the 30s. And actually, Birmingham is no more difficult to navigate than any other big British city, but people still insist on saying that it is. And it was said that motorists used to get hopelessly lost around Victoria Square, so much so that on one occasion, a motorist went around so many times that Edward VII actually climbed down from his pedestal and said to the hapless driver, I say, sir, will you go away? You're making my mother giddy. Um, actually, the two statues didn't work very well together. They were done in very different styles. They were out of scale with one another. And eventually, the statue of Edward was taken away to the relative obscurity of Highgate Park, where he wasn't actually particularly well looked after or, or treated. He lost fingers and his scepter. And in very recent years, thanks to the good offices and campaigning of the excellent Birmingham Civic Society, the statue has actually been restored and brought back and is now not in Victoria Square, but in an equally prominent point in Centenary Square in front of Baskerville House, where we can appreciate him. So next time, if you are in the Birmingham area, you go through Centenary Square and see this, what looks like a new statue. It's just that it's only recently been brought back in the last couple of years, and it was originally in Victoria Square. So that is V for Victoria Square. Next, we come on to W for Right Road. 
This time we're taking ourselves out into the suburbs of Birmingham again, this time to the east of Birmingham uh, in the Washwood Heath area. Wright Road commemorates one Joseph Wright. He earned a living in Birmingham in the 1840s as a stagecoach owner, operating two horse-drawn stagecoaches, transporting people around the country. And he went into a bit of diversification, as we call it now. He actually started manufacturing the bodies of his stagecoaches as well. However, he could see that the railways, which were rapidly being built across the country, were going to supersede the stagecoach as a means of transporting people. So he decided to put his coach building skills to work manufacturing railway carriages instead. That's been done on other occasions. Um, Matthew Bolton's father manufactured dress books and changed to manufacturing buckles when fashions changed. And the Granada cinema chain in mid-20th century saw that cinemas were going to decline and decided to get involved with the new medium of television. So this is the kind of thing that Joseph Wright did and it worked very well. He founded with his two sons the Metropolitan Camel Carriage and Wagon Company Limited in 1845, not very far away in Saltley. As I think I've mentioned on one of these podcasts before, Saltley actually means the clearing among the willow trees. And thanks to the arrival of Metro Camel's carriage works, I'm afraid it's a long time since there have been any willow trees in Saltley. Joseph Wright's venture was an immediate success. The new railway companies were snapping up orders. And Metro Camel soon made Birmingham synonymous with the manufacture of railway carriages. The saying used to go, Glasgow for locomotives, Birmingham for carriages. And that carried on. Joseph himself died in 1859, by which time there were more than 800 people working in there. And they were supplying carriages not only to railways in Britain, but throughout the empire, the Commonwealth and the rest of the world, including ornate carriages for Maharajas in India. Uh, the company carried on throughout almost all of the 20th century. They became involved in building light rail vehicles. If you step on many London underground trains, as you get on, look at the step, and you may well say Metro Camel made in Birmingham, written across there. If you travelled on the mass transit railways in Singapore or Hong Kong, many of their trains were manufactured in Birmingham. And the Tyne and Weir Metro, which opened between 1979 and 1984 in the northeast of England, in Newcastle, Gateshead, North and South Shields, they have rolling stock that was Birmingham made as well. So W is for Right Road. That brings me on to X. and I've been dreading X coming up all the way through these podcasts. Uh, there are no roads that begin with X. So I decided I would cheat. And if we do what Americans often do and use the letter X as a substitute for the word cross, I will do Cross Farm Road. Cross Farm Road is a road in Harbour, not very far away from the Queen Elizabeth Hospital um, and Church House, uh, which is... Uh, now all buildings that are, are associated with or were associated with the Diocese of Birmingham. The Bishop's Palace is still there. Um, the area was once, and it often surprises people, we know that Birmingham has gobbled up parts over the years of Warwickshire, including 
that's what Birmingham was in itself. Staffordshire, Worcestershire. Um, Harborne, you would expect being on the west or southwest side to be in Warwickshire or Worcestershire, but Harborne was actually a southern extremity of Staffordshire. And the parish of Harborne came right the way down to where Cross Farm Road is now, beyond Grove Park, as it is nowadays. Um, and the parish of Harborne, in fact, included all of Smethwick, which is also referred to earlier on. Uh, being outside the city, but still being terribly important, as this is my hometown. So that's X for Cross Farm Road. Next time, we have the last of the first of these podcasts. I do have some plans ahead of that. Uh, if you can, click on the Kofi attachments to uh, show your appreciation in the form of caffeine, which many of you have been doing. And to all of you who've done that, that's a very sincere thank. Uh, if your podcast distributor allows you to do it please rate the podcast and leave some feedback i enjoy hearing about how much you enjoy this and how it connects people with a city they've not seen for a long time and join me again on the next of these for our final of the first series of the podcasts thanks everybody and goodbye for now <laughs>